really the culmination of our seven weeks, and this is the eighth week now in pursuit of biblical friendship. We're going to have a panel discussion, work through a couple of the questions you all submitted, and a couple other questions. I don't know about you, but this study has been really impactful for me personally. Uh, Just spending time walking through different topics and thinking through it individually, it's been good for me to think about my own friendships and then think about how to be a better friend. So the Lord has just been working in my heart. I trust he's been working in your heart as well. We're going to pray, and, uh, and then we're going to have the panelists come up and just sit up here, and they're, they're just going to be grilled for the whole half hour with questions. So uh, it'll be great. So I'm going I'm to have a great time. All right, let's pray together. Father, we're so grateful for uh, this time to think about this important topic of friendship. Lord, we recognize it's an area in our lives where we all can see the need for further development. Uh, Areas, Lord, where we need to grow in being better friends. And Lord, that's really something you have to continually work in our hearts. And so God, would you provide us just great discussion today through the panel? Would you give them wisdom? I pray that your spirit would lead them as they think through the answers they give to these various questions and topics Lord, help us to be encouraged today because of your word. Help us to be encouraged today as we think about, Lord, this this wonderful blessing and gift of friends. And Lord, hopefully by your grace, each of us can leave here today even further equipped, further encouraged as we seek to grow in pursuing biblical friendship. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, panel, if you can come on up. So what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you questions. They're going to give uh, various answers, good answers, only good answers. And so no tomato throwing at all. Uh, I'm really grateful they're willing to be the victims up here and uh, graciously walk us through some of these things. So we're going to start with a question that really just kind of gets us going as we think about the joys and the struggles that come in in various capacities in our life. Um, And so I'm going to have each of you answer just kind of briefly on this particular question But what have been some seasons in your life that have been the most difficult in maintaining, pursuing friendship? What would you say to somebody who's maybe going through that particular season? And then on the flip side, and I can repeat this later, uh, what have been the best seasons of friendship and why? What have been the joys and then the hardships, okay? So Lisa, can we start with you? Ladies first, and just work our way down. Okay, my name is Liesl Counterman, and I'm super glad to be here today. Normally, I sit alone in this class on friendship because my husband is my best friend, and he's never sitting by me because he's always (laughs) somewhere else teaching. Okay, so the hardest time for me for friendship was right after I first got married because I had really great single friends, and then we moved away. So got married and then moved away, several states away. And um, some of my single friends, um, you know, they didn't understand that I couldn't go to everybody's wedding or that I couldn't um, call them every week, things like that. And so that was probably the hardest time for me. That's good. All right, well, let's keep going down the line. Kelly? Um, So... I was thinking through this, I was thinking about how um, when we first moved here, we were part of another ministry um, where we um, ended up doing some leadership things and we felt not okay. We were struggling a lot mentally and spiritually and emotionally, um, but really felt like we should be okay. So um, we put up 
a lot of walls. And uh, when I say we, I'm talking about me and my husband, Joe. Um, so just putting up a lot of walls of fear and insecurity, and it made it really difficult to um, just form deep friendships. All right, Aaron, how about you? Yeah, I think what I'm, excuse me, I think what I'm hearing is like transitions can be hard for uh, friendships. And so what I've, I'm going to flip it if that's okay. What, yeah. I, what I've really appreciated about um, people who have, um, maybe relocated from this area back to another spot and, and seen how they've been intentional in how they said goodbye to folks. And so like anytime you're um, looking ahead, I guess the advice might be that as you're looking ahead toward a transition, you foster those relationships as best as you can, knowing that they're not going to be the same. Um, you asked also the most positive side of things too when it comes to that question and probably probably hardship, probably uh, where my friends have had to lean in to me um, knowing my you know, idiosyncrasies and like tells that I give and when they've kind of digged into my life and been there for me when I didn't deserve it, let's say. So yeah, that's good. Thanks. Thanks, Aaron. Chan, how about you? Yeah, I think for me, um, in my pursuit and journey of uh, biblical friendship, one of the hardest uh, uh, point that I recall is when I became a parent. Mm -hmm. So coming from being married and then particularly I was in a very high gear of uh, investing into a different friendship in my life at the time. And so having a child that's definitely a gift, gift from the Lord, uh, just learning to just go into slower, lower gear in my life at the time was probably the uh, really difficult period of adjustment. Um, so one thing that I, just in my journey, it's a few things that's been really helpful is actually being vocal about um, how my friends can actually connect with me. Because oftentimes your friends may not know that, how, how to connect with you in your parenthood because uh, either they're not parent, parents themselves yet or um, they, they think that they're uh, trying to love on you by giving you space. But oftentimes you need to actually let them know and saying, hey, you know, I really miss you. I, I, I can't really connect with you like how we used to connect. But I have this mornings free, super early mornings where my kids are still sleeping. Uh, we can do a Dom Patrol hangout together. Or um, I'm taking my kids this afternoon to playground, and I'd love for you to just come bring like a lunch, you know, like brown bag or something like that, and then come con connect me in, in this way. And so you kind of letting them know, uh, for me, it was really hard for me to do that because um, I felt like I was kind of like, you know, help, help, you know, um, come, come be with me. But that's something that I've uh, adjusted to, and then even now as a growing family of four now, uh, that's something I need to continue to lean into to my friends here. So. That's great. Thank you. And then going back to you, Liesl and Kelly, do you want to add anything going back to your seasons, uh, kind of the second part of that question, what would you speak to somebody going through those difficulties? It, maybe they're in the difficult spot, the same as you were. How would you maybe encourage them today? Well, I would say maybe recognize that it's going to be a hard season. L let's say you're going to get married um, and you need to have conversations with your friends and maybe just talk to them about how things are going to change. And it doesn't mean you love them any less, but there should be um, fewer expectations on um, the frequency of your communication. <clears throat> and that should help having things on the table first. Good. How about you, Kelly? Um, something I thought about was just how it was a lot of fear that was holding me back from really opening up and sharing. Um, and just um, so something that I would, if you're struggling with that, just recognize that we're all broken and um, pursue being known. Um, I think that is, um, that, that's the best way to form friendships is just truly being known. Yeah, that's so good. So good. And do you guys want to talk about the joys, anybody else, the joys of friendship? We can keep going. That's all right. Great. Thank you very much. That's good. Do you want to, Liesl? 
No, go ahead. Okay. All right. We're going to keep going. Awesome. Uh, this is a great informal conversation we're having in our living room up here. You get to just like look in here. This is awesome. So in our study so far, we've talked a lot about biblical friendship, how to pursue it. And we didn't spend a lot of time distinguishing between the kinds of friendship. And here's the question that got raised. How do deep friendships amongst Christians differ from deep friendships amongst non-Christians? So not all of you have to speak into this, but maybe if one of you wants to chime in first and y'all can just kind of come in after. Go for it, Liesl. Um, maybe I could speak to this um, with the, what I've seen with my kids because they've been in public school and um, at the University of Utah. And sometimes they feel very alone in those situations. And then they'll talk about... Um, you know, what do I do because I can't have these conversations or I'm not included in their groups? So I think that um, because there are not very many Christians in Utah outside of the body, I just encourage them really invest into the body, into the church, and your friends in the church are important. And then to view these other people um, as um, people that you want to push towards Christ and you want to um, love them. So always just love. And if you can do something fun together, that's a binding thing. So try to think of things to do with um, your unsaved friends so that at least there's a connection there, even though it can't go deeper into the heart unless they become Christians. That's great. That's great. Anybody else want to chime in? Kelly? Um, yeah. So this was a, I liked this question because um, when I became a believer, I had some really strong friends that I grew up with who are not believers, and I still stay in touch with them um, pretty regularly. Um, but there's, and I really struggled with that a lot um, at the beginning of becoming a believer. Um, so one of the biggest differences I've seen is that um, with my Christian friends, we're coming from the same worldview of understanding that we are um, sinners saved by God's love and grace. And so there's this understanding that um, I want um, my Christian friends to speak into my life and help me to grow. Um, and then with my non-Christian friends, just coming from a totally different worldview of um, really not wanting, like my other friends, not wanting that kind of a relationship. They don't want as much input um, or they really want acceptance over um, that. So I feel like it has, um, I think just recognizing that those friends are very different um, and putting a priority on my friends who are um, pushing me towards Jesus. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Thanks for that. It's helpful to see that other side of it. Aaron, Chan, chime yeah, in. Yeah, I'll just add one thing. Sorry, I, I felt short and also that you couldn't <laughs> I was going to comment so on it, but I didn't really want to say anything. the bill of my hat. I wasn't really seeing everybody's faces. Um, I think uh, living in Utah has taught me that um, with your unsaved friendships, at least, um, the friends with whom you are, um, who, who themselves are not in Christ, um, it's not, it's not going to help for them to feel like their friendship is on the, that your friendship is on the line, whether or not they come to Christ. And so a certain level of patience and, and as open as you can be um, to include um, those people in your life and, and let them like speak in where they can, you know, you, you have a filter, um, through the word of God, you know how to process through those things, but like, don't make it on you, d d you know, as best as you're able to, to have a good relationship to, to the loss and don't make it feel like, um, that your, your friendship is, is little more than leverage. I want to be careful on how I say that, but if that makes sense, like, 
Um, yes, you are interested in God's work in their life, um, and that's the primary goal, but that might take some time. And so um, for them not to feel like that's on the line, that you are, you are going to be their friend no matter what. Yeah, it's that idea of loving your neighbor as yourself, right? That just carries through even in our, our non-Christian friendships. It's good. Good. Chan, did you want to chime in or we'll keep moving? Uh, sure. Yeah, so I grew up in Utah for 20 plus years as well. So growing up, uh, majority of my friends were non-believers um, in the context here. Um, but however, as I'm, as I'm becoming older um, and then also having a, like a healthy local body that I can be part of and then having a believing friends, I'd say like one of the major distinction would be kind of touched on just a little, little bit in my session, but it's, it's kind of like you're, uh, you're playing in the field, but your non-believing friends are not on the field with you. Like they're on the sideline cheering for you. Still, uh, there's a sharing of the joy and I think the having of the sorrow can happen to a certain extent, but they don't fully understand the, the depth of your relationship with the Lord that you go through. Obviously, they, they, can, they cannot go there with you, right? And so, you know, I, just having another coworker of mine whom I, whom I shared a, a deep friendship with for the past eight years, uh, you know, he would hear about, like, my view on marriage, that's according to the scripture, or, like, my view on, like, work, uh, how I'm, I'm not striving to become something, but uh, there's a different way of approaching work as a, as a believer, right? And so he would consider that as one of the viewpoints, but it wasn't the, the main points that he would embrace. So there's, uh, there's again, we're kind of in the different swim lanes, right? So I'm kind of in, in this lane. He's still with me, but he's kind of looking from afar and saying, like, that, that's great, that's, it's working for you, but that's not the one, uh, what I'm going to be pursuing, right? And so there's, I think there's an even deeper level of friendship that I, I find myself in the limitation of uh, pursuing that with him. But again, uh, I, I echo with uh, Aaron here too. Like, I think oftentimes your friends would sniff that when, if you approach the friendship where you're seeing your friends as a, like a evangelism project, so to speak, right? Like, I'm only befriending you because I'm hoping that you become a believer. I don't think, I don't think uh, that's a really healthy way of approaching it. But really, like, loving the person genuinely, and regardless if they become a believer or not, and hopefully you're praying, the Lord will bring them, right? Um, but uh, you, I think your friends would know that if you, if you approach it that way, so. Yeah, that's great. Great wisdom, guys. Thank you for giving some good, good helps there. This next topic is going to move in a little different direction. Um, I think it's a pretty important topic considering our culture. Uh, one of you may have been the person who submitted this question. Uh, I won't say who. Uh, but... Uh, the question is really helpful. So it'll be, it's a little more difficult to kind of pull out, but I think it'll be good to hear just some of your thoughts on this. In a culture that obsesses over sexuality, how should same-sex friendships and opposite-sex friendships be a witness to the observing outside world? Are you glad you're back there, not up here? <laughs> it's a great question. Uh, there's a lot here to unpack. Lisa, do you want to just fire off? I don't want to be first this time. Oh, okay. I'll start with Chan today. We'll go to the other side. All right. You got this, man. Um, yeah, that's, uh, this is a very hard uh, question because uh, it's very personal to me as well. So I actually had, uh, in the context of a same-sex attraction context there, I actually had two friends. Um, they were both actually uh, were coming here at Gospel Grace at one point. Um, one of them, uh, you know, I think we invested a lot of friendship and uh, one of them, he ended up walking away. Um, and then the other one uh, is now pursuing the Lord. Uh, uh, and then he just happens to move away to a different context, a different state now. But I think that something that's been really helpful for me is, um, and this is something that my friend has told me, is 
uh, just kind of being uh, open about how our friendship is happening. So there's a like next layer of accountability that we're kind of building into. Um, and then um, just being open about his particular struggles. And obviously I was trying to come alongside as much as I can uh, in the limited uh, view of what I what I known at the time. Um, so that's that's that. So I, I feel like I'm still growing in that journey right now. So I, I don't have like this like silver bullet to, to the audience here to say like, this is like the magic formula, but, um, and then another aspect of uh, maybe um, having friendship with maybe opposite gender, so to speak, uh, I think there is still extent of a friendship that you can't cultivate, right? And so um, the way I kind of see that is, um, like even like for Irene and I, as we were married, we have friends that are, are you know, I, like for example, like Esther would be our good friend of ours. And so one of the kind of the good role that I like to kind of say is like, it, if I'm cultivating a friendship in such a way in a context and a frequency where my wife will be totally okay with, right? So that's always a good measure of kind of rule of thumb for me to say like, is this like the way I'm treating other sisters in this church, is this gonna be honoring to the Lord and also honoring to my wife, right? And so if I can say yes to that, then I think I'm kind of in the safe bounds of cultivating uh, godly and biblical friendship with other opposite gender as well too, especially if you're married. Okay, that's great. Aaron, do you want to take that then? And I think this, Chandler, is really, really helpful. And I think the next part of that question, too, is that how does this become then really a gospel witness to the world, right? Because we are in that culture. Aaron, do you want to just kind of push yep. it? Yeah, since I'm the one who asked this question, he, um, I'll fill in a little bit of context. It, it wasn't really about the attraction side of things, although it's super helpful. Um, I just think um, as insular as I grew up in a really kind of conservative, very like, um, ew, the world, oh, gross. Um, like, and since we do live in a hypersexualized culture, it is hard for men to uh, have real friendships because there's a little bit of like nerves about that, um, oh, um, like, and how close I can get. Um, and sometimes that has to do with like our relationships to our fathers as well. Um, and then you add to that, um, sometimes like, uh, I, I think I grew up in, in a culture as well that you, you had to be like almost really standoffish to the opposite sex as well and you couldn't have, uh, and so, so that's, that's kind of where that was coming from. Certainly a lot there could be said and a lot of good was said about um, the, the attraction side of that as well. Um, I'll just throw in my two cents that I have a couple sisters here at Gospel Grace that have been a huge blessing to me um, by you know, working through that, and that's been invaluable. And then on the guy side of things as well, I can think of a few people that it's been you know, worthwhile to, um, to invest, even when like um, cultural expectation can sometimes be really confusing. If, does that help with the context of what I was trying to ask. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then Kelly and Liesl, do you want to just chime in a little bit? Can I just say one thing real quick? In youth group back in Michigan where I was youth pastor, we called it them OGFs, opposite gender friend, because they couldn't handle opposite sex friends. So OGF, you want to use that? You can feel free to take that with you. Liesl, go ahead if you want to chime in there. Okay. I can say that other word, but okay. <laughs> I think it's just important that we view our friendships um, the way the Bible speaks of them. And I think we should model Christian love as um, brother and sister relationships. So all of you women in here, you're my sisters. All of you men who are believers, you are my brothers. And then when it comes to a relationship with each one of you, I think that we have to realize that there are certain boundaries that we don't cross. So in being a selfless friend, we don't cross emotional or physical boundaries that belong only to marriage. 
And I think that is just a helpful way to say it, and it will, will help you in your opposite gender friendships or even same gender friendships. Yeah, that's really great. That's helpful. Kelly, did you want to chime in as well? Okay, that's a really, this is a great question that we could really go even further into. And Chan, I appreciate you brought up the other side of that because this is a bigger topic in multiple directions. But I think for us to recognize today that there is benefits to all that in the terms of what the scriptures call us to, as we think about, sometimes we have maybe thinking on it that isn't really even biblical, we have to adjust and, and correct. So I think it's really good. Here's this next question. Uh, I think after a study like this one we've gone through, we can feel overly obligated and burdened to do things that maybe we can't do. Um, so this question really comes from that, I think. How can I actively pour into more friends than I feel like I can handle? I think it's a great question because it brings up a, a topic we can kind of spend some time on. Um, Kelly, do you want to start here? Sure. Um, well, my initial reaction is you can't. Uh, but at the same time, um, something I was thinking through is thinking about leveraging my margin, leveraging my time, leveraging, like, what am I already doing? Um, so there are people that I regularly spend time with, and I would say those would be my closest friends, and there's people who I um, will see sometimes, and, um, and sometimes it's through uh, uh, things that I'm already doing. Like, I have a dog, so I need to take my dog for a walk, so someone else who has a dog or likes dogs can walk with me with my dog. So things like that where um, just regularly leveraging what I'm already doing um, to invite people to come alongside. Um, and then in those conversations, in, in those times, um, to, to have meaningful, deep relationships, having meaningful, deep conversations um, and initiating that, um, I think that was a thought that came to mind. That's great. It's really helpful. And I think you've heard that theme maybe several times already about just kind of having people join with you in your life. Chan was talking about that as well. And it's great. Anybody else want to chime in on this one? Yeah, you only have so much time to invest in certain people. And, and Jesus yep. certainly had closer friends. Yep. Um, so when I talk to my high schoolers, I'm like, I know what you're trying to say when you, have best, when you say you have best friends. But best is a superlative. And so that means it's only reserved for one person. So <laughs> there really only is, you know. Uh, you can call them your better friends if you want to. But like, and identifying who those people are and, and how much, um, and you don't want to waste your time. I, I talked about like out, outside friendships that are lost friendships. You don't want to invest your time in something that may not ever, I want to be careful. Like you, you want to go, we talk about soils today in church. If you weren't here for the first, you want to identify who the, like, um, the soils are, especially in your, your lost and in your saved friendships as well. And like, who can I impact most? Who can I invest in the most? But you cannot invest in everybody. So sometimes we feel the crushing weight of that responsibility and do nothing. And so I hope that's, freeing for people. Yeah, that's great. I was thinking of Proverbs 18.24, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There's a reality that we only have so much capacity, and we have to accept that. Um, just kind of moving on in that same lane a bit, we talked about the blessing of friendship, having our sorrows, doubling our joys. Um, there are certainly blessings to having friends in a lot of ways, but sometimes that can be derailed to the point where our troubles are doubled and our joys are halved. And here's this question. There's a two-part question here. Um, what should I do if I'm in a friendship that is draining me emotionally, spiritually, or physically, financially? Go down the list. What should I do if I'm in one of those kinds of relationships? Chan, do you want to start? <laughs> yeah, I think this goes back to the, uh, 
Um, sometimes there's a time, I think the Lord gives discernment to, for you to keep pressing into a certain relationship, and then there are times where you do need to break away from certain relationships. And so I think, again, that's the principle. I, I can't really answer that question because I don't know the full context of the, where that person's coming from. Um, but oftentimes I think there's times of um, evaluating the situation and the relationship and saying, maybe there's a, uh, the baby step number one was, would be to create a healthy boundary with that person uh, to say, you know, in this particular XYZ regard, here's kind of how I see as an unhealthy thing that's happening. Like, what's your take on this, right? Having kind of like a mutual reconciliation to pursue that route as a first thing, right? So I'm kind of going off of the Matthew 18. If you feel like you're being offended by your friend in certain ways, I think there's certainly a call for you to pursue that reconciliation and seek forgiveness with that person. But however, let's just say that context is now kind of becoming this abusive environment where that person is no longer wanting to pursue reconciliation or it's becoming uh, very apparent that it's very unhealthy, then it might be a time for you to actually break away from that relationship. Yeah, that's great. Lisa, did you want to chime in too? I just think even the question is pointing to an unhealthy beginning of a friendship. Like if you already are emotionally, spiritually, physically drained, like that far down the trail, it just shows you have not been building this relationship right from the beginning. So you don't have good communication skills. You have not set up um, expectations. And you're already down at the end of this trail. So if you want to come back this way, you're going to have to move small steps and, and establish communication and establish um, the right kind of expectations. That's good. And that kind of leads us into that second part of that question, because we are called to carry one another's burdens. And so, Lisa, if you could just kind of come to the second part of that, if someone's on the beginning side of a friendship, how can they intentionally be good at carrying their friend's burdens while not being overburdened themselves to the point where we're back to the first part of that question? Yes. Well, I, I think these burdens, I mean, if it's just really practical, like when we think of a friend who really has a burden, in America we think about, oh, their emotional burdens and all of their personal pains and all of their sorrows and all that. But I think that maybe this, you know, in the biblical context is talking about somebody who really has needs, like your, your friend really has a need. And so are you going to bear their burden like Christ would? Like, are you going to take over that meal? Are you going to spend that time? Are you going to visit them in the hospital? Are you going to do those things? And if you are um, a healthy person in Christ, you're already bearing your own burdens, meaning you're taking them to the right place. So I think in order to be a good friend who bears burdens, you have to learn how to cast your own on Christ. And then you help as much as you can without being Christ. Only Christ can do all of that. Yep. That's great. That's a really helpful answer because then we recognize the person they need the most is not us, but it is Christ, right? We're directing them there. Good. Can one of you, one of you want to chime in there too as well, Kelly? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, Will kind of talked about this a little bit this morning as well, just with anxiety. Um, I think... Yeah, definitely just being intentional um, in those in those times of praying with them, um, not just saying, I'm going to pray for you, but pray right there with them. Um, I think that is something that's really helpful. And then just recognizing that I, I am not God, um, but and I have anxieties that I need to take to the Lord. And so I'm going to um, point that person to taking them to the Lord through um, scripture that's like, it's been really meaningful in my own life, um, those kinds of things. 
um, and just really pointing them to the one who can carry their burden. Yeah, that's great. It's helpful, helpful to think about even in that context and just some practical tips there. Thanks, Kelly. Guys, we're going to hit the last question. It's hard to believe our time is just flying by. We could be here all afternoon, I think. Um, but I would love to hear, just as a way to conclude, the, the, probably the greatest lesson you've learned about friendship in your own experience or, or and uh, a lesson you've learned from somebody else about friendship. So if we could start with Chan, just kind of work our way down the line and just share what is, what is our, like, the greatest lesson you've learned about friendship, just to be an encouragement to those who are listening as they think about their own friendships from your experience or from somebody else? Yeah, I still remember uh, a few years ago sitting at uh, Pastor Lucas's uh, uh, session on biblical friendship. That's how I got introduced to this uh, book topic uh, with a book, booklet called True Friendship by Bon Roberts, and that's kind of what led me to this journey here. But uh, before getting to that point, I've had an incident in my life where I lost two of my friends, uh, one to a suicide and one to an overdose uh, situation. And so I think that led me to the path of really understanding that there's a brevity of life in this life here, where I always thought, you know, if I had certain friends that I grew up with, you know, we're going to go through all my our 20s and 30s and, you know, kind of ride through the whole life. And it, that's not the life it was painted for me, right? And so um, I think that, that really episode really taught me to really treasure my friends here and really... Um, not sparing any words to my friends. If I have certain things I want to tell them, like whether it's uh, you know encouragement or um, correction or rebuke, right? Um, like I don't want to spare my words to my friends. And I actually want to tell them that like I actually like I love them, you know. And so oftentimes I think we kind of we 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 tend to spare those moments for for whatever X Y Z reasons are, right? And so um, it helped helped me to really. Um, invest into the friendship, knowing that there's a light of uh, brevity of life um, in, in this life. And uh, really, like Romans 12.10 has really served as a guiding principle for me, where it talks about love your brothers uh, with a brotherly affection, and it says outdo one another in honor. And so um, that, that principle has really uh, helped me to um, like learn from other people, but also just, uh, just in my own life as well. Yeah, good. Thank you. Aaron? Um, I'll just riff on Chan real quick as a person. Um, the reason he's so effective in being honest with people and his friends is because he's cashing in on what he's invested. And I've seen that in his life where um, your most effective way of confronting a, a friend or, or bringing truth to a friend is um, effective insofar as you've actually invested that person. He does a fantastic job and that's something to uh, emulate. I would say um, relationships are risk. That's like categorically what relationships are. And so I think Okay, again, culturally speaking, we, we're being pushed to be so insular that if someone is, you know, in your way from what you want, well, you don't need that noise in your life, man. Well, maybe you do. <laughs> maybe the noise is true. And, and so, like, you, you need to be biblically minded in how you allow criticisms to come your way and not just assume that someone's not got your best interest at heart. Friendships are, are wild and they can go directions that you, you can't control other people. And that's part of the excitement of it, and that's part of like the terrifying aspect of it. And so I would say they're risky, but they're absolutely worth the risk. And so um, don't, don't, you don't want to be um, in your late whatevers. I'm not going to say anything because I know people were probably in that age group. <laughs> I, I don't want to be, a, 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 let's say, an 85-year-old. I'm not going to live that long. Um, who so insulated himself. I've got issues. I have friendship issues. I think people know who are really my close friends that they actually have to do work to be 
to, to be friends with me because of my own stuff. It's, it's my fault. It's not theirs. It's, it's me. Um, but I just don't want to be that far off in life and not have allowed voices in my life and be by myself. Yeah. Great. Great. Kelly? Um, I think something that I've been um, learning more about recently is just how, um, like, the the gospel is a picture of friendship between us and God and how, um, like, we are messy and broken and how... Um, God loves us and he pours out his mercy and compassion and grace on us. And so when we have deep friendships with people, we have to do the same for others and they have to be willing to do the same for us. Um, I just think, I think of times where um, there was a really hard thing we went through a couple of years ago. We had a miscarriage and just um, people who came over, I was, <laughs> I was actually reflecting on someone offered to like pick up our groceries for us. I don't think I ever even paid them for the groceries. They just like brought them to us and I probably should go back and do that, but they, <laughs> they never said anything. Um, but just the, uh, um, just the grace it takes to, um, to walk through life with someone and then at the very same time be willing to celebrate and um, just give that person grace as well um, in whatever season of celebration or hardship or um, whatever season you find they find themselves in. Yeah, great. Thanks, Kelly. Liesl? Um, I am not the most easy person to confront and so, um, which is a fault and a sinful thing. But I would say that I've learned that my true friends are the ones who are willing to go there. And then um, God is, he is working in me to try to provide a, a better space for that, where I offer that, you know, am I doing something wrong? Do you see something in my life? And I know that God is at work to do that in my life. But yes, the, the deepest friendships I have are those who are willing to say, Liesl, you are wrong. And then God uses that to, to break me. So I would say, don't be the type of friend that just um, agrees with everything your friend says because you're afraid to go into that zone. Go there because it pleases the Lord and they will become more like Christ. Yeah, yeah. Amen to that. All right, can we get just an appreciation to them for their willingness? Thank you, guys. Thanks for that wisdom. Um, I wish we could cover all the questions. We had a bunch more that we didn't get to, but uh, feel free to talk to them after and ask them more questions and, uh, or amongst yourselves. Let's just pray and ask God to help us to be the kind of friends he wants us to be, to pursue them, and by his grace, may we all have godly, biblical friends who can really encourage us. Father, we are so grateful for this short time to think about such a vital topic. Truly, Lord, a topic that we need to talk about more. And Lord, a topic we need to think about more in our own life. It's just not something that we're gonna do naturally. We have to pursue it. It's something, Father, we have to be intentional about. And so, Lord, would you help each of us in this room to be thinking about our own hearts and lives and asking ourselves the question, what kind of a friend am I? Lord, would you have used this study in each of our hearts in that way to really analyze that question and to think about the areas we need to grow as friends. And then, Father, would you give us the wisdom and the discernment we need to be pursuing the kind of friends, Lord, that we need in our lives? God, would you provide each one in this room with godly friends who are able to speak truth, encourage, carry burdens, and so many other things we've talked about in this study, Lord, would you provide each one in this room those kinds of friendships so that they can follow you faithfully on this path, on this journey, 
as we seek to live for Jesus. I pray that you would help us, Lord, have friends who can pick us up, friends who can laugh with us and who can have uh, celebrations with us, Lord. Help us to have the kind of friendships that are necessary to faithfully follow Jesus. Lord, we look forward to what you will do even in the weeks ahead. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.